Three, two, one. I'm dead free! We're dead free! is Pocket Money, the show for people who ain't got no time for debt. I'm Sally. And I'm Kate. Yep, today we are diving into the world of the debt-free community. We're going to be meeting some of the people on the front lines, hearing stories, but seeing what they do come away with in terms of actionable steps. And before we jump in, we just wanted to say a big welcome to all of our new listeners. There are quite a few of you who have joined us during our break in January. And if you are new, just like me, just go back and check out season one. We had some great episodes on there that Sally and Mark covered last year. They're all still completely relevant. My personal favourites was uh, the one Sally did on um, slow fashion. There's a great one on dream jobs too. So don't be shy. Go check them out. This episode is proudly presented by Wiser. Wiser knows that getting your debt under control can be a challenge, but you don't have to face it alone. With Wiser app, each purchase you make rounds up your spare change to pay down your debt faster. That means if you buy a coffee for $3.50, Wiser rounds it up to $4 and sends that extra 50 cents towards your debt account. It works in the background, so you don't even have to lift a finger. Too easy. In fact, you can download the Wiser app on iOS and Android, or you can visit wiserapp.com.au, that's spelled W-I-S-R app, and give it a go. Oh, and stay tuned to the end of the episode to get an exclusive bonus just for Pocket Money listeners. All right, producer Franco, what have you got for us? This topic has always been super interesting to me. Since I moved here from the US to Australia, I've kind of had to relearn personal finance and it sent me down a bit of a rabbit hole online, particularly on social media. In 2018, there was a total of $62 billion just for help debt. So that's student debt in Australia. And then credit card debt is almost 30 billion just as of 2019 across the country. Credit cards, I think the average works out to around 3,300 or so per person. In the US, on the other hand, obviously, quite a larger population, but among all types of debt in the United States, there's $14 trillion of debt. But here you can see, let me just show you too. This is what the debt-free community looks like on Instagram. Um, As you can see there, just with this hashtag debt-free community. Wow. 850,000 posts. And that's just one one hashtag, right? There's debt-free journey. There's hashtag DFC. There's hashtag... Oz debt-free community, Oz debt-free journey. And as you can imagine, there's, you know, debt-free community UK, debt-free community, name a country, I'm sure it exists. There's a debt-free community (laughs) for you. I think too, what's really interesting just looking at some of these Instagram pictures is it's, you know what, it's it's all connected like hopes and dreams. You got to lock on to something that you really, really want. You know, just saying being debt-free is really abstract. Um, yeah. Locking on to something that you love or you, you want or you're passionate about is maybe that's how you get there. 
you know, if you scrolled for a few more minutes here, one thing that you'd notice is some of the thought leaders in this space. Ah, uh, you got a movement. You've always got your gurus. <laughs> Tell us about them, Frank. So, remember those screams that I had you listen yeah. to? Yeah, how could I forget? That'll be haunting me <laughs> in my dreams. So those are a well-known thing in the debt-free community. They come from a very popular radio show in the U.S. Um, and a radio personality uh, by the name of Dave Ramsey. Have you guys heard of Dave Ramsey? I have yes. not. So Dave Ramsey is hes kind of one of those like old school radio guys. Yeah, he's been yeah. around for decade plus, yeah. has made the transition very smoothly from traditional radio to digital, to podcast, mm -hmm. to YouTube. And here in Australia, um, someone YouTube probably would be more familiar with is Guessing who your boy is. here. Yeah. Uh, yes. Scott Pay. Good old Scott, Scott Pay. The Barefoot Investor himself. Yeah. So I've got a copy of the Barefoot Investor book right here. And pretty much every other person in Australia has one, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, I saw a uh, Guardian article that said roughly one in 20 households in Australia has a copy. So there's over a million, yeah. over a million copies of this yeah. book sold. And one of the things that unites, I guess, these two thought leaders, these two gurus, as it were, is their step-by-step -step approach to things, um, which I think has resonated with tons of people. So actually, the Barefoot Investor has what he calls the Barefoot Steps, and it's a nine-step program to sort of financial independence. Um, and Dave Ramsey, he's got a sort of seven-step series, which he calls his Baby Steps. And if you kind of look at people's captions and even hashtags like baby step two okay. on the debt-free community, you'll see where people are at and sharing about their journey. So it's interesting because they're pretty similar and they go from like the micro to the macro. And what I mean by that is like the first steps are kind of small, actionable things. So Dave, Dave Ramsey's is like $1,000 to start an emergency fund. And the Barefoot Investors sort of set up a barefoot date night and set up your buckets, which because I have actually read this book, I know sort of means like getting some funding in action. But I love that it kind of goes through. It's sort of, it's, it's, it's like short, snackable things you can definitely do quickly to kind of consolidating that. And then both of them end, which I think is really cute and nice, is it's about, well, Dave Ramsey's like build wealth and give. And Scott Papes is about, you know, thinking about retirement and also leaving a legacy. So it goes from those tiny little, and it really does show from those tiny little actions, you can work your way through to something big. I can definitely see how they're slightly different just because one is like very Australian but overall, it is kind of the same message, like starting off, sorting your shit out, you know, your existing finances, your debts, then building wealth and then giving back. Oh, it's just a whole life cycle. <laughs> but it really is like a good message and I, I can the, understand why it resonates. The order of the steps is where the magic is. And I know I know, certainly from reading Scott Pape's book, like what blew my mind about it. And I thought, isn't it amazing? No one's ever thought of this. He literally tells you what to do. Yeah. He tells you what to say if you're going to pick up the phone. He tells you what super fund to go to, not just go and pick a super fund. He's like, go to this super fund. This yeah. is the best one. You know, you could say it's sort of finance advice for lazy people, but we're probably all <laughs> lazy people because like, no one wants to do this shit after a long day doing whatever you do. So we know the steps. We know there's a cult. How do people get into it, Franco? What's the trigger for most people? So this is um, a woman from Perth uh, named Emma. So she goes by looking after my scents on Instagram. She actually uh, had a really great story about her her handle and how it kind of came from a saying her grandma used to say and all that Cute. sort of stuff. But yeah, Emma's got, you know, 8,000 followers on Instagram. So she's got a little bit of an audience that she's grown over the years. And I will just uh, let her tell her story. 
at the end of 2016, we had already become consumer debt free. We'd been following the Dave Ramsey plan, not to the T, but just finding motivation. And through that, I was watching YouTube videos a lot from America. And from the YouTube videos, there was Instagram. Instagram was really growing in America for the debt-free community. And yeah, I really just wanted to, I guess, be a part of something and and help other people become debt-free because we had already done that in our house and get more motivation from others. Like I I know that once we became debt-free, I kind of felt on the fence, like I didn't really know what to do next. And looking forward, I didn't know where to go. So people in the community that were becoming debt-free themselves and had already become debt-free, I really enjoyed watching their pages and following along with what they were doing. So Emma, as you can hear, she kind of is in the community, but she's already tackled her debt. And that's one of the things I noticed right away is that the community just, it's it's separated into sort of micro groups of people at all stages on their debt-free journey. There are people that are already debt-free. There are people that have just kind of discovered this and are starting to think about their debt um, and just kind of turning that corner. And a lot of the people I talked about, they don't really mind who they're following, where they're at with their stages of debt. They all feel like they're kind of one group and one community. And it's, it was really interesting to see. Yeah. And actually like that, that's the sign of a true community. It's not a get in, sort myself out and get out, which is kind of interesting. So I'm Nika, but I am better known as Debt Free Gonna Be on Instagram. And I started that Instagram page to hold myself accountable through this whole debt-free journey. I'm not a diehard Dave Ramsey enthusiast, so I'll go ahead and put that out there. I don't follow his steps to a T. But I uh, started to kind of start looking him up. Google searches, I think I came across, you know, some social media of his. And and then I somehow or another hit this hashtag, hashtag debt-free community on Instagram. And this was before I had really gotten serious about my own debt-free journey. And, you know, so I'm like looking around and I'm seeing people talk about they've paid off this and they're saving this and woohoo, I'm debt-free. And, you know, they paid off these huge amounts of money. And I'm like, if they can be serious about it, if they can do it, I can definitely do it. I mean, people with, you know, less debt than me, but people with more debt than me. And so I kind of haphazardly like landed on the debt-free community. But I am happy I did. I like that. It sounds like she's, you know, it's really changed her life, this community. But what I really like about it is that she says that she's not, you know, like a Dave Ramsey diehard mm. fan. And I think that can be off-putting for some people, being like, no, you have to stick to the book, follow every single step. Whereas I, I like the idea that she's kind of just pulling little bits of inspiration from the community, from him, and then applying it to her own situation. I like that too, because I have to confess that um, my partner and I read The Barefoot Investor, and then we were meant to set up the <laughs> the date night, which is part of his regime. Mm. And we had an argument about where we were going to go and where we were going to have the date, <laughs> and then we didn't go. And oh then I threw, the book, I threw the book in the back of the cupboard. Debt is normal here, you know, and there are people who are strapped with student loans like myself, car payments, credit card debt, you know, payday loans, all types of debt. And it's normal when you realize that a lot of people around you are in it too. And so, you know, to find this community and be able to kind of immerse yourself in it and get the support that you need that you may not necessarily get, you know, in your home or even amongst your friends, it's been great. 
It's interesting that she says that debt is normal, which I think we all just think of it as a part of life, but it's not like normal to talk about it, or at least in my circles, it's just something that, you know, we all know that we have it in some way, shape or form, but when it comes to actually talking about getting out of it, it's, I think, like you said, Kate, earlier, it's a bit shameful. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, it is normal. Everyone has debt. As soon as you start not talking about things, then I think that's where you can get into trouble because you can also pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of that. That accountability. Yeah, the reality of that situation is kind of just like, no, just put that in the too hard basket for now. Deal with that later. And what the online communities give you is you don't necessarily have to come out to your own friends, but you can (laughs) to this community and they're not going to judge you. And I think that's what's really cool about social. So Sarah is 29, turning 30 this year. I spoke with her on the phone about her relationship with debt. So I remember a very long time ago reading something that was like money can't buy you happiness however there's like research that's done like up to a certain dollar value it actually can buy you happiness and I was always like oh that's a load of crap and then I was in that group I think it was like it was supposed to be like 65k or something and I was like sitting around there and I was like oh I'm noticing like if I don't have just even money in my bank account like that significantly impacted my my mental health and I kind of felt like a bit of a failure definitely for me it was kind of like a point of pride of like I never wanted to be seen to be a stingy person or to be without anything and so I guess that's kind of how I got into this situation was like I just was like well that's okay I'll just borrow some more so that I can be seen to be you know not lacking anything Sarah's story is not unique right like a lot of people share that raw intimate detail Another kind of place that I looked around for and asked a few people why why they joined this community, like how they first found it, um, what they love about it. You can kind of see people really share their all when it comes to this stuff. Just a few responses from people on Facebook that I had asked, like what they like about the community. You'll see people saying that they just love seeing other people's stories, that raw, that real. You'll you'll see that all over the place. Um, people appreciate the honest feedback, the transparency. Um, and a word that kept coming back there was vulnerability, which you could kind of hear in Sarah's story there. I think the thing that sticks out to me the most about these communities is exactly that, how vulnerable people are, how open they are with something that is so personal, especially when it comes to talking about money. It's usually something that, you know, it's it's an awkward topic. It's a bit taboo. So how did these people get so comfortable sharing, you know, these quite intimate details of their life and their journey on something so public like Instagram, where they have thousands of followers? So that vulnerability, that openness, people talk about quite a bit. Um, And you'll see that so many people are anonymous on there. You know, more than a few people mentioned that they're anonymous because of actual risks. Like they share what banks they have, where they live, that sort of stuff. Mm, I guess there is a real cost. It's more than just the ego or the shame. It's like a very tangible risk. So Emma, who we heard from earlier, looking after my sense, she talked a lot about how her relationship with her partner came in that discussion about being open and vulnerable, she started out sharing a lot more than she now does. She started out being a lot more free. And over time, she's sort of closed the doors a little bit to her audience. Um, now that they've merged their money together, she doesn't tend to put as much out there, um, which is interesting, I think, to hear her talk about that transparency evolving over time. 
So what types of debt are people in? Is it people who have just gone crazy with their credit cards or, you know, is it people that have, you know, bitten off more than they can chew with loans? I'm, I'm really fascinated. Is there a type? So what kind of debt are people in? Here's a couple profiles that just kind of illustrate like the kinds of ways people share. Wow, my God, they fully break it down by products and the providers that they're from and like the amounts that they've paid off and are owing still. Mm. We're looking at an account um, from a user called Financial Mama Boss. She's got a loan from one bank, a loan from another bank. Those are 18K and 8K. And then a credit card from one bank that's 6K that's already paid off. A car loan that she's tackling currently. Um, and then two more credit cards. So this is just one image on her her account here, but she shows like I started with eighty two thousand eight hundred dollars in debt, and my remaining is twenty one thousand nine hundred dollars. I love this technique because it's it's like just putting it out there. The numbers don't lie, but it's also quite self serving because she's got that beautiful reduction in her debt as well, which is really cool. So, you know, for her, that's a visual she can look at and feel really proud of. But also to me, it's so fascinating, you know, the various places we've got, you know, $18,000 loan, you know, car loan, $39,000, like that's huge. And you can't ostrich and stick your head in the sand when you lay it out like that. (laughs) That's right, yeah. You know, you're accountable to yourself and you're accountable to your followers as well. You cannot pretend you can see on this next link I've got there, this is Katie. Looks like by the provider she has here is also in the US. Um, so debt-free underscore KD. Uh, she's got a whiteboard here and it looks like it's probably up in her house somewhere wow, and it's got that line-by-line line breakdown as well. And also the video of her physically wiping out the debt right. on her whiteboard <laughs> and then rewriting the lower number like, oh, baby. So this is a clip from a woman in the U.S. in Indiana, actually, named Chelsea, and she goes by debt-free weirdos. Love the name. Our student loan totals were 187,000. Credit card debt of about 30,000. We had two cars at 26,000, and just a little bit of medical debt. So without including our mortgage, our debt total was 246 thousand dollars. I mean, we felt the burden of debt, but we kind of were sucked into this mentality that as long as we could afford the minimum payments, that we were doing okay. So we had two car payments, student loan payments that are more than our mortgage, but we are making a good income and we've, you know, we were just getting by. A phrase I was just thinking about that I heard that I thought was really good is like, what isn't measured isn't done. And that's kind of like what these guys are applying to their debt. So they're they're actually putting it out there. They're measuring it. They're doing it. And that's almost the thing about paying off the minimum. It's like that's the thing that stops, I don't know, the creditors from coming around and banging on your door. Exactly. But it's not a good thing. Yeah, it doesn't keep your head from, you know, underwater. No, I, but it, it does allow you to keep your head in the sand. You can just like, you can just pay off that little bit to stop things from going utterly pear-shaped, but it doesn't get you anywhere. And it is, it's it's interesting that we kind of, we work in a world where we know that's not good, but let's face it, like banks and financial institutions don't make it that easy. They give off the impression that's all you need to do. Yeah, exactly. It's just that the, the education isn't there and we're not learning this stuff in school. And like you said, you know, it's not always clear as day on on some of the bank's websites and whatnot. So yeah, 
people don't have a lot of savings. You know, Australians only have a couple of thousand dollars in the bank, I think, from some research we've done here. That is not enough when things go head over heels. That's something, right? Like if you look back at the baby steps from Dave Ramsey and Scott Pape steps, the yeah. first somewhere up in the first two steps there is like your emergency fund. And that means a different thing to a different person because totally. some people's thousand dollars will get them, you know, to cover just one medical emergency potentially in the U S like an ambulance costs four grand. So yeah. emergency oh funds yeah. can be different. Um, every kid, maybe you have to add another two K. I don't know, but, um, <laughs> uh, more than that. Let me tell you. Um. <laughs> So the next kind of thing that I got into in my research here was looking at the tips, the tools, the strategies that people use to pay off their debt. And like I mentioned with the baby steps, you'll see those on Instagram. You'll see, so hashtag baby step two on Instagram has over a hundred thousand posts. For the most part, you can assume those are Dave Ramsey disciples, as it were, kind of tackling that second baby step, which is to pay off all your debt using the snowball. So this is someone named Emily. Um, she goes by Aussie Debt Free Girl on Instagram. She's a stay-at-home mom up in Brisbane, in, in Queensland, the northern state for our international listeners. When we got into kind of the strategies that she uses to pay off her debt, this is what she told me. It doesn't sound like it'd be a big thing. It sounds like it's, you know, inconsequential. But $5 here and $10 there really does add up to huge amounts. Even though I know that, I know it in my core. I'm still surprised every single month when I go and I add up those tiny little payments and realize that I've accidentally thrown like $400 extra that I didn't, couldn't find in my budget. I found $400 extra just to throw at this car loan or whatever loan I'm, I'm working on at the time. And it can literally be from anywhere and anything, whether it's, oh, I came $5 under on my food budget, throw that $5 over there, whether it's, I like to round down my accounts. I like nice round numbers. So if it's at a weird number, I'll just take all of the little dollar here, a few cents there, throw them all together and throw them on the car loan because every dollar counts and every day counts. So if I put a dollar extra on my car loan today, it's a dollar I'm not paying interest on for the rest of the life of my car loan. She also talked about one of her favorite side hustles. Side hustles are a very common theme in this community, as you can probably imagine. Um, side hustles are just ways of earning a little bit of income outside of your nine to five, as it were. And one of Emily's favorite side hustles here was doing online surveys. I'd been interested in them, but I'd never actually done them before until I saw other people in the debt-free community having some success with it. So I checked it out. I read the PDSs and I did it for myself. And I've had, I'm so grateful because I've had great success with that. I mean, I said hustled just by myself, me personally, not my partner or like overtime or anything like that, just outside side hustle income, more than $3,000 between the middle of August and the 31st of December. The biggest payment I got was $300 and the rest were all like 20 and under. I think that's cool because as you said, Emily is a stay at home mom She's, you know, taking care of her family. But then it's like an extra stream of income for the family. 
Yeah, because always like side hustles, I was saying, oh, you need heaps of time. You've got to go out of the house. And if you've got kids, you can't do that, especially if they're little kids and they're going to interrupt you every five seconds. So she's (laughs) been really strategic. And I know I'm very guilty of not minding the small amounts of money that accidentally wriggled their way out of my account on whatever. And that example's like kind of blown me away. Like three grand between August and December is, yeah, that is a lot. If you kind of go back and look at the hashtag that we looked at the beginning, You'll see side hustles in action of all types. Like side hustle, obviously, you can look at just that hashtag as well. But people are selling things on Facebook Marketplace. People are using cash back apps where if you shop, you get this. And of course, there are tools like Wiser. Wiser, obviously, as you out there heard, is sponsoring this episode. So when I was chatting with the Wiser team about this episode and you know, the story we wanted to investigate, they helped me get in touch with a couple of their users. And to be honest, if you're paying off debt, it's one of those tools that might actually be worth checking out. So Sarah, she's not one of the Instagram debt-free community folks, but she's on her own debt-free journey. And here she is talking about Wiser. I discovered Wiser through LinkedIn because a colleague of mine met someone who worked there. Obviously, we live in like a fairly cashless society these days, but like back in the day, when we used a lot of cash. When you get the change, it's you putting your shrapnel in a jar, but instead of it going in a jar, it's paying off whatever debt you've nominated. And Andrew is another Wiser user. He lives uh, outside of Melbourne in a suburb called Werribee. Um, Him and his partner are tackling their debt together. I signed up and since then I've put, I think, $80 in total towards my credit card. I only round up to the nearest dollar. So it's only like it's 90 cents here, 50 cents there, but it all mm. definitely adds up. Chelsea or debt-free weirdos who we heard from earlier. She talks about their chipping away strategy as well. Well, when we first started, we just kind of wanted to examine everything that we were giving our money to every month. I think that debt, like in a simple form, becoming debt-free is just all about lowering your monthly expenses and increasing your monthly income to create a gap where you can just take as much as you can and throw it to debt above the minimum payment. So not just $20, but literally every penny that you can. We use a combo of two methods, like the debt snowball method and the debt avalanche method. So the debt snowball and the debt avalanche method, those are two ways that people approach paying off their debt. And the debt snowball made popular by Baby Step Number Two and Dave Ramsey's program. So these two methods take a different approach on debt. One of them, the debt snowball, is more of a mindset focused one. So say you have five different types of debt. You've got a credit card, a student loan, medical debt, that sort of thing. You'll line them all up and the snowball says, take the smallest debt first and pay it off. Then you roll to the next one and pay it off. The avalanche, on the other hand, instead of tackling the smallest one first, you tackle the highest interest rate first. Mm. This is the one I used when I was paying off my student loans in the US. I had like four or five different interest rate loans from the federal government because that's how crazy it is. (laughs) Hello, America. (laughs) So yeah, I kind of just like, okay, there's one with 3.5%. There's one with 5.7%. So you go for the- Mathematically speaking, you're going to save more money, but you don't like my highest Mm. amount was on a lower- 
interest rate. So mm-hmm. it just, I didn't feel like I was winning maybe as much. Personally, I would go for the for the high interest approach, but this is general advice only. <laughs> <laughs> Kate's practical advice is do something rather than nothing. <laughs> yes. So if, you know, if you really just go, oh, interest rates, uh, too hard, my brain hurts, just, you know, chip away. So in the same vein as writing out your debt, like physically that we talked about earlier, there's a lot of people on Instagram, on the internet, having blogs that have printouts. So these are a couple examples of debt-free charts um, from debtfreecharts.com. These are run by a woman named Heidi, who's got quite a following on Instagram, 49,000 people following her. Sally, maybe you can talk about what your chart that I've given you there is. Okay. So with this one, it's almost like a graph of your debt and you'd put in the amount of debt that you have every month from January through to December. And then it's kind of like, as you're paying it off, you would see your debt going, hopefully, down to the right. And I've got here, this is one uh, I loved called Dumb Stuff. And you'll see these on Instagram, but people go through and they'll just highlight and fill it up. Kind of like filling up a bucket, right? Like you're repaying your debts there. This is cool. Mine is literally Little Space Invaders. You nominate how much each little invader, is that what they're called? (laughs) Each little alien. Uh, You nominate how much uh, each little alien is worth and then you get to pick them off. You get to colour them in. I like it. Franco, like these are awesome tips and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do these. I'm going to do these. But how do you actually stay motivated beyond the first month or two? So a lot of people shared their own tips for motivation. And a lot of it is kind of in that realm of just keeping your energy up. Um, some of these visual mediums that we've talked about just help people have fun with it. So this is a young woman who goes by the name Barefoot Millennial on Instagram. You can see right there in the name, she's a Scott Pitt fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's 26 and she lives here in Australia. I think another thing that motivates me is seeing people in the debt-free community do these really cool things with their life that they wanted to do for so long and then they get there and it's just incredible. I've seen a few girls that I follow and they really wanted to buy a certain house and they've talked about these massive numbers that they want to save for their deposit and just seeing them get there, it's just really astounding. You go, oh my gosh, they can do it. Maybe I can do it too. There's a lot of couples that are doing this stuff together and this is a couple from the Bay Area in California. Shout out Bay Area. (laughs) Named... Mel and Murph, they go by at Fit and Funds on Instagram. I think a few ways that helps us stay motivated, the behavior change that we've had over these past five to six years in regards to how we handle money, the things we've learned, the, the digital mentors that we've um, been listening to and how we incorporated those different methods and um, ideology about money. So I think just the, you know, me and my wife, we're, we're very disciplined and committed individuals when it comes to almost anything in life, you know, fitness, finance or what have you. But I think what helped us stay motivated is the fact that we both communicated and we had a common goal and we had a why on why we were actually doing what we were doing. So that that really was imperative to help us stay motivated. Yeah, for sure. Definitely having our why and our vision of why we're doing this, why we're trying to get out of debt, why we want to have a different financial future for our our generations to come um, really kept us motivated. But also I think the other thing was is along our journey, every time we would pay off like a credit card or a loan or, you know, a medical bill or a student loan, we'd always have a mini celebration or we would always treat ourselves. So we would always plan like a nice dinner or if we paid off like I think the one time we paid off like our car 
that was like a $17,000 loan. Mm-hmm. So we, we took a weekend trip and got away. And that motivated us to keep the momentum to keep going. I think that's really important because for everybody, you know, ticking off those checklists or wiping off that amount off your debt whiteboard, it just might not be enough or maybe the first few times it would be really exciting, but then it could get old real fast. Mm, It's not going to be enough, is it? This is where I think the debt-free community is really interesting compared to, say, like the fire community, Uh, which is all like, I know they're going to burn me for this, but it feels like... (laughs) Pun intended. (laughs) Ooh, no, I'm an (laughs) unintentional punner, you know. It feels like it's deprivation, deprivation, deprivation Mm. with the fire movement. This is like baby steps. There's some flex in it. That's what I like about these communities. Yeah. So this is another Instagrammer who goes by debt-free millennial. She's 29 and she lives in Melbourne, Australia. Say, for instance, I was looking at my budget or something like that I share like my minimum expenses I'm like I could be like oh geez my rent's expensive compared to others I mean my rent is actually really cheap for Melbourne but you could also be like how's that person's phone so cheap what deal are they on one of the things I like about it most is that you'll always be able to be like oh maybe I could be getting a better deal and here's debt-free gonna be's take on it Although it's called a debt-free journey and a debt-free community, you know, it's not just about finances. So you, the journey is, can be an emotional and a mental one as well. And it's interesting how the more you're in it, you kind of realize some of the normalcy, so to speak. And so when you start to get mm-hmm. in these spaces, you start to say, oh, I paid off my car early. What? And not only did I pay it off early, I have no intention of financing my next car. I'm going to mm-hmm. save up money and pay for it in cash and and I remember saying that to my boyfriend, like when we first started dating and he's like, really? Well, well, how? And I said, well, I'm saving for it. With him, I've had to show him. So I can't help but notice that a lot of the clips that you've shown us, Franco, have been from women. When we did uh, our first Pocket Money episode was about the fire movement and we noticed then that it was a lot of men involved. That's something that came to my mind like through this story pretty quickly actually when you just look through the instagram the aesthetic it's skewed very heavily towards women majority of the people about 49 percent of the people who follow me are between that 25 to 34 age range less than 10 percent are under 25 and then so i've got about 92 percent women and eight percent men that is wild right and yeah. she's not the only one so the budget fanatic um she's another instagrammer i spoke with and she's been on this kind of debt-free journey for about a year now, lives in Australia. Out of my total followers, I think only 6% are male. You know, I get DMs all the time from women who, you know, are either struggling or just want some advice or um, need help setting up a budget and things like that. And I'm so grateful to be in a position to, to help others do that. That's so cool. Sisters are doing it for themselves. <laughs> right. Women tend to have a solid circle of friends that they share just about everything with. I've read that men don't always have that. And it feels like this is what this movement's founded on, is kind of just showing it all, hanging it all out there and supporting each other. So I'm not saying that's something only women can do, mm-hmm. but it does seem like it's something that women find appealing. When I moved to Western Australia, I didn't have my friends around me which then I guess my whole friendship world moved onto my phone, which in turn moved into Instagram. And even still now, I, you know, I would spend more time on Instagram and making friends um, through there, of which I have made some really lovely friends on social media. 
as opposed yeah. to being out and about in the real world. Who makes friends with somebody through their Instagram and then would be friends enough that you would go to their wedding? <laughs> so, yeah, that's Emma talking about, like, she's literally going to a wedding from someone she met in the debt-free community who lives on the other side of Australia. That's, that's <laughs> actual proof that these are solid relationships. These are real relationships. And Nika, again, she talked about that difference between women and men and that kind of friendship building. I'm not quite certain why it's mostly women. Like I said, there's emotion tied to money, but men don't always talk about the hard stuff. Perhaps there's this idea that if they get in this space and you know, they talk more about, oh, I'm in debt and I made these decisions. And because of that, we have this debt. Maybe we haven't made the space safe enough for men to feel like or more men to feel like they can come out and engage. And though I didn't talk with him on the phone, I messaged back and forth with another Instagrammer called Brent. He goes by driving to wealth on Instagram. I talked with him about why he thinks there are so few men in this community. And he definitely agrees. Um, he told me that he thinks most of us men just think we have it under control, but we sort of wander around aimlessly and are too proud to appear vulnerable or stupid. One of the things that I found with these people is there's that spark of creativity. There's that little content marketing vibe to a lot of them, but it's in a lot of these folks' natures to side hustle and to sort of build something that they didn't really originally intend to. People have started blogs off of the followings they've had on Instagram and they'll start putting ads on their blogs or start um, selling little spreadsheet templates that they've built. And it's pretty cool because they're sharing and they're making a little bit of money that they can put towards their debt. But also if it's fun, you're gonna be more inclined to do it. So it's again, becoming less of a chore and more of almost like a little hobby. And this is Emily, Aussie debt free girl who we met earlier talking about how she thought about her brand. I am building an Aussie debt free girl empire with, I'm gonna have a blog and a YouTube and Instagram and multiple streams of income all coming in under that brand. There are 12,000 people that are interested in what I do and wanna see more of what I do. That's just mind blowing to me and I, while I love having big goals and I would love to one day have you know, 2 million followers or something. As long as I'm helping anyone, I'm happy. And even if it all went away tomorrow, I'm going to be a better person for it. I'm going to be in a better place. These people are making original, helpful resources that are super shareable. You know, if you can turn that into another revenue stream, why not? And I think all this kind of stuff, it's fun. It's creative. It's a creative outlet. And if you can make a little bit of money on the side, yeah. what's not to love? And this Instagram world is obviously just the beginning. Like you heard Emily talking about hoping she could have a YouTube channel someday and all that sort of thing. There are very big YouTubers that are in this debt-free space as well. Asia Dang, she's a YouTuber that has close to half a million subscribers now. Here she is in one of her videos talking about some of the tools that she started to sell for other people to use. It's obviously gonna have a financial aspect to it, but also a daily life aspect to it because I haven't really found a planner that kind of balances both daily life and financial life, so I've put one together myself. So YouTubers, they're talking about it. Instagrammers, people are starting their own little brands. Um, but really, if you 
get back down to the nuts and bolts of it. People are just paying off their debt, having fun with it, like you were saying, Kate, and just working on it in whatever strategies helps them. Also, I think it's really interesting that that, that debt shame makes you feel potentially like a bit of a loser. People have talked about how they felt depressed or down on themselves. And so not only have they kind of conquered their debt, but they've kind of got a whole new kind of vigour for doing other stuff. And so, like you said, some of them are becoming really entrepreneurial. It's win-win, really. I'm kind of tempted to give it a go. I think that's the thing about this community is that it's empowering at the core. Uh, And when you see these people ticking off their goals, you know, you're sharing their victory. And I think, like you said, Kate, money and paying off your debt isn't usually something that we would necessarily celebrate. It's just a part of life, but it should be celebrated. Yeah, it's going to give you that little kick, little feel-good kick. Yeah, But you could get spending money, but instead you're going to get it by, you know, paying something off and sharing it with a really lovely kind of supportive community who are going to cheer you on. Yeah, exactly. And you'll make some new besties and be a bridesmaid at their wedding. I mean, come on. Possibilities are endless. (laughs) Another Instagrammer that I spoke with who goes by Tasha Gets Frugal, she's paid off her debt entirely since she started on this journey online. And she had some great advice to share for those looking to tackle their debt. She just says, don't ignore it. Don't think you can deal with it later. Get honest with yourself and just start. It can seem overwhelming, but just take it one step at a time. You'll get there. Debt-free life, she says, is much better than worrying about debt. The sooner you pay it off, the freer you'll feel. And the couple from Fit and Funds, Mel and Murph, um, they also had some good advice to share. When you have debt, that does not mean that it's the end. That doesn't mean it's the end of your financial situation. That's just a start. That whole um, paradigm shift of it being the end in your mind, but then shifting to the start is when it starts. That's when hope comes because now you have this resources and tools to get started into getting yourself out of the mess that you put yourself into, and that's a debt. And remember, there's tons of resources available out there if you do need some help. First, protocol always as professional licensed people who can really dig you out of a tight spot if you are in serious debt. So head on over to finder.com.au slash podcast to find our show notes for today's episode. And we've got a bunch of resources there for you on how to create a budget, debt consolidation, finding your credit score, which is always a great place to start, refinancing. So make sure to check there for uh, all of your reading material. And obviously with debt, it's a pretty serious subject. So you do want to make sure you're getting legitimate information in our show notes, but If you are just kind of looking for that support, like a lot of the people I spoke with talked about people sending them messages all the time. They've developed relationships. It's almost that like internet shoulder to cry on for a lot of people. So feel free to reach out to people online. Thanks again to our friends at Wiser for supporting the show. And as we teased a little earlier in the episode, as an exclusive treat to our listeners, you can start using Wiser app fee-free for three months. Just pop in the code FINDER2020 once you've downloaded and set up your account. If you want to get a head start, you can earn even more by referring your mates to Wiser app too. Once their account is active, you'll both get five bucks. Everybody wins. 20 invites could get you up to $100 extra off your debt, which is just for sharing the love. Wow, imagine having 20 friends to refer to Wiser. I mean, that's a goal in itself. Start tackling your debt today. Just search Wiser, that's W-I-S-R in the app or Google Play Store to download. 
Thanks, everyone, for listening to our very first episode of season two. Glad that's out of the way. No, God. I need my coffee now. Yeah. I know we said we wouldn't go out and buy coffees. No, we have to have office coffee. (laughs) So as we mentioned earlier, make sure to check out the show notes for all of the resources we mentioned in today's episode at finder.com.au slash podcast. And subscribe, follow and share wherever you listen to your podcast. I know my fave is Spotify, but wherever you choose. We've also got a Facebook group, so head on in and join up. We'd love to hear from you guys what you would love us to do with this little season that started chugging along. So get in there and let us know. We are also on Instagram at, I can't remember. At Pocket Money Podcast. That's the one. (laughs) Pocket Money is Kate Brown. That's me. Our producer, Franco Ally, who you heard on today's episode. And me, Sally McMullen. And doing all of the editing and other magic is Brianna Ansaldo of Bambi Media. And a massive thanks to everyone who took the time to speak with us about their debt-free journeys. We've linked everybody's account in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Pocket Money from Finder. Head over to finder.com.au slash podcast for the show notes for this episode. The Finder podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions. Although we're licensed and authorized, we don't provide financial advice. So please consider your own situation or get advice before making any decisions based on anything in our show. Thanks for listening.